We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Welcome to the free agency edition of Rams Talk Radio. I'm joined by Johnny Gomez, a longtime writer and, and a good partner for our company. And my name is Norm Hightower. I'm one of the managing editors and partners of the company. Uh, we're going to briefly go over free agency and, and a little bit on the draft. Johnny, what, what do you think? Uh, what do you think of the Rams' movement so far in the in the free agency? A lot of hit and misses, um, but I am I am happy that. Les Need is actually making this one of the more active teams on, in the NFL during free agency. Really surprising, all things considered. Yeah, I'm kind of glad to see him just doing something. You know, last year they made a big splash with uh, with the draft, you know, moving up to number one to get golf. Not much in free agency last year or the year before or the year before. <laughs> this year they, they've been active, and I don't know if it has anything to do with Snead or if it has to do with uh, new head coach Sean McVay, but let's talk a little bit about uh, the players that the Rams have signed so far. What do you think of uh, the Andrew Whitworth signing? It absolutely needed to happen. No question about it. The offensive line was one of the more glaring points. Well, the offense in general was one of the more glaring points uh, on the team, but particularly the offensive line. 
Obviously, Greg Robinson was not the answer at left tackle, but bringing in Wetworth, not only a very talented left tackle, but a veteran that could maybe even mold Robinson at some point or uh, pass down some knowledge to the rest of the offensive line. I think this was this was probably one of the better signings in free agency, definitely necessary moving forward. Yeah, you can't fault bringing in experience, bringing in a high-caliber player, a high-caliber person, and I think he brings all of that. He's going to, you know, he was a leader in Cincinnati and he's going to come into the locker room and be a leader here. I think Robinson was kind of thrown into the fire. He was picked early and he should have played early, but I just don't know putting him at left tackle was the right answer. I don't want to say he's a bust, but definitely there's some issues there. Uh, I think it'll be good for him to move to the right side of the line, take a little pressure off and to learn under Whitworth, like you said. So I love this signing. You know, it's probably, it's a three-year deal, but it's probably more like a one-year deal. We'll see if he stays with the team next year and kind of go from there. But for this year, I think it's one of their top picks for sure. What do you think of uh, bringing one of the USC Trojans, uh, Robert Woods, back to L.A. to play for the Rams? I wasn't a huge fan of this move in more ways than one. Uh, Obviously, one of the biggest glaring things about this whole transaction is this, the contract. It, it's a massive contract for a guy that I just don't believe deserves this massive contract. Robert Woods is reliable when it comes to catching the ball, which, okay, that's, that's good. That's good news considering the drop passes were just killing drives and just killing morale as it was. Certainly was killing me in the stands watching the, the game, but bringing in Woods will help that. But I just don't see where this improves the offense when you have uh, guys like Kenny Britt and Brian Quick no longer on the team. You know, we need a true number one receiver. I just don't see that in Robert Woods. And for the for that contract, I, it's just very disappointing to see that. Well, I think there's some pluses and some minuses to it. I, I disagree that uh, with you that it's a it's a not a good pick. I think Woods was the best player available at the time. I think McVeigh wanted to go after Pierre Garçon. However, I like the fact that he let San Francisco go spend all that money on that huge contract for him and look to bring in somebody after that. And I think Woods was probably one of the better choices that wasn't on a $14 million one-year kind of deal, which we've seen a lot this year. Woods can catch the ball. He's a great route runner. The fact that he's from L.A., played for USC, coming back to the Coliseum, I'm sure it's not going to hurt. And he started under, you know, Sammy Watkins, and he wasn't the number one target, and I don't know that he's worthy of being the number one or not, but this gives him a shot at least to go out and be hungry for it. And I think he's a quality person as well. So I, I like the signing. I It's, it's going to take some time to see if it's going to work out with him or not. But, you know, we needed depth for sure at wide receiver, and he's definitely not – uh, Farrell Cooper or Tavon Austin size. So I think he can work into this offense. And, I, and that's the other thing is what kind of offense are we going to see this year? Is he a better fit than maybe a Kenny Britt would have been in our offense? Because our offense is going to change a lot this year. So, you know, it's hard to say. We'll see. I, I don't know about you, but I'm thrilled about the fact that they brought in Connor Barwin. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Connor Barwin is by far the best signing of, of the offseason, I'd say. Right up there with Whitworth, 
And basically, it's one of these signings that will fly under the radar, but immediately you'll see a huge impact. And especially him joining um, Wade Phillips in, in Los Angeles, I think this will definitely help out what the Rams are trying to do, shifting over to a uh, 3-4 defense. And clearly a linebacker, we have some talent there, but bringing in him not only becoming a leader on this team, but this is a guy that can truly make an impact and hopefully he can return to form, you know, under under Wade Phillips. I think this will help out not only the Rams, but I think it will definitely help him out as well. I agree. I, I didn't like the fact that they brought him in on a one-year deal, but I still like the fact that they brought him in. I think, you know, the fact that he's got a history with Wade Phillips at Houston in a 3-4, uh, his, his stats went down in Philly when they went to a 4-3. Uh, he still he still played very well, though, with a 4-3, but now coming in with a coach he's familiar with, playing in a 3-4, uh, I, I think he's going to be a beast for us. I remember when we played against him, uh, always complaining about how how can he get through the line like that so easy? How can how come we can't stop this guy? So the fact that he's on our team now that that excites me a lot. Definitely. Speak, speaking of uh, Wade Phillips' history, they they also signed uh, Kayvon Webster, primarily a special teamer with with Denver. However, you know he's looking to try to move into a a starting role with our cornerbacks. What do you think of that signing? It, it's kind of a boomer bust kind of a signing. Definitely one of these signings to really look at and evaluate as um, training camp co- comes along. I really like the fact that his contract, if you really look at his contract, is really not that expensive. And if worse comes to worse, he is a great special teamer, which you can never have too many of, um, especially if we're trying to make an impact on the special teams. But as far as him playing, it's kind of a mystery just because he never really had that opportunity in Denver. And who knows, maybe he turns out to be something really special. And I, I really hope this is this is something he can actually develop into, maybe start opposite side of, of uh, Jermaine Johnson considering he stays with the team. Uh, secondary is actually a concern of mine uh, heading in heading into the 2017 season. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. And I, I actually really, really like the signing. Definitely not too too expensive, and it could turn out to be one of the better signings. We never, we don't know at the at this point. Yeah, I think he's going to be a sleeper. I think he's going to come in kind of under the radar. Everybody's going to be kind of like, you know, who's this guy? You know, yeah, he's a special teamer. Uh, watching a lot of film on this guy and considering who he played under, not, and I don't mean coach, I mean you know depth chart wise. It would have been hard to make the number one cornerback spot uh, in Denver. So having the situation that we have with Tremaine, not not knowing whether he's going to stay with the team or not, the injuries that we've had at cornerback, I think this is a real op- opportunity for Webster. And I think he's going to come in and, and he has a lot to prove. And I think he's amped up enough that he's going to do it. And I'm hoping that next year we're talking about you know, remember when they brought him in last year, nobody thought he was going to be special, but look what he's done for the team this year. That's where I see him going this year. So mark that down, and you can you can tell me I'm an idiot or tell me I was right next year. You know, they brought in Aaron Murray. We've got Jared Goff and Sean Mannion, you know, as one and two. Um, not a real huge need, but I, I think having three quarterbacks on the roster, at least through camp, is a good idea. Uh, nothing wrong with Aaron Murray. I don't really see anything special coming out of that, but, uh, you know, you never know in the NFL. What do you think of uh, the Rams bringing him in? Uh, Murray's uh, another body to have. Stepping away from Case Keenum, I think that's for the best, honestly. He was not performing anything 
you know, in Los Angeles. So, uh, yeah, the, the Keenum experiment, thankfully, is over. Give somebody else an opportunity if we even need to go the Aaron Murray route. Hopefully, all things considered, hopefully we don't have to even rely on Aaron Murray. So, yeah, I, I'm not too encouraged, but at the same time, I'm thinking maybe we could have looked at somebody else in the draft, but I'm not overly upset about the whole thing. You know, with, with even with Murray coming in, we're still really young at quarterback, considering who we have. You know, Goff just being drafted last year. Mannion's only a, what, I think he's a three- or four-year pro now. Uh, Murray, you know, not very long in the NFL. So we're really young at quarterback. I'm hoping that somebody can step up and, you know, hopefully after what we spent to get him, hopefully that's Goff that comes in and, and leads the team this year. Uh, the Rams also signed uh, Tyron Walker uh, from Detroit. I think it's primarily a depth thing at defensive tackle. I don't see anything great by it. I, I don't see anything bad about it. They didn't spend a ton of money. He seems like he's a good enough player to, to be a backup. What's your thoughts on him? One of the good things about particularly Les Need and how he's been handling, you know, bringing in some valuable uh, veteran defensive tackles, th- this could actually prove out to be a Really nice under the radar signing. Uh, do I think it's gonna make a huge difference? Probably not unless we run into any injury problems. But the, the more capable, uh, big bodies we have on the D line, the better. Yeah, I kind of think right now, if you were to look at our players that we've let go or traded and, and looking at who we brought in, I think that we're still gonna have one of the top pass rushing defensive lines or front sevens, so to speak, uh, in the NFL this year. So having some more depth at defensive tackle in a 3-4, with, with the exception of, of Aaron Donald, who's going to be special no matter where he plays on our defensive line. But really, you don't talk a whole lot about defensive tackles in a 3-4 defense. So, you know, I think he's just a whole plugger that can come in and be serviceable and step in when he needs to, and I, I see nothing wrong with it. One of the signings I am actually a little excited about, and I I didn't like losing Benny Cunningham because I think Benny Cunningham's been a good Ram and good locker room guy for the for the Rams. But you know they they had to make a decision and they let him go and they brought in Lance Dunbar from the Cowboys. What's your thoughts on Dunbar? Uh, Dunbar brings a whole nother approach to this offense. And what I particularly like about this guy is his ability to uh, pass catch in the backfield. It's going to be really interesting to see how different this offense is going to function under McVeigh, and I think if, if McVeigh actually uses Dunbar to his full potential, we could see a huge difference in how we use our running back depth and not rely too, too much on, on uh, Todd Gurley, which was the case the past two years with under Fisher. So Dunbar, I think, can bring a lot of versatility to this offense that is much needed. But I, I also agree with you. I was a little bit saddened by the, the loss of uh, Benny Cunningham. I really wish that we could have kept Cunningham and Dunbar. I think that would have been ideal. But, again, thinking of cap space, maybe they just thought that money would have been better elsewhere. Either way, I am happy to have Dunbar on this team. I, I think it was a really good signing. Well, Cunningham signed with the Bears for the league minimum, so it wasn't like he cost a lot of money. I think... For whatever reason, the Rams just decided it was time to move on. I do like the fact that Dunbar can be a deep threat out of the backfield. He can also be moved out to a slot and, and run routes and, and be a deep threat or, or a short passing threat that can juke and make a few people miss and get down the field. And I wouldn't be surprised to see some two back offense, uh, 
this year with both um, Gurley and Dunbar in the backfield at the same time. I could see a play-action fake to Gurley and a toss outside to Dunbar, and I could see where that could be very good for our offense. I mean, I'm excited to see what this offense can do this year. I'm just hoping I'd, – I'd be thrilled if we were an, an average offense this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's – yeah, that, I would be extremely thrilled if we were average. So the Rams re-signed Greg Zerloin. Just, I'm glad they brought him back. I don't know what they paid for him, but I think they signed him on a three-year deal. You know, Greg was put in the position where he was brought in, and our offense stunk so bad he was kicking a lot of 50- and 60-yard field goals and expected to just make every one of them. And some people got down on him. The coaches put a lot of pressure on him. And last year, I think he came back and proved that he, he's a good kicker in the NFL. And I'm glad to see him keep him around. What do you think about them re-signing him? You know, the funny thing about this is I was, you know, I, I always check on different people's opinions and, you know, the other, you know, other writers from around the, uh, around the league, you know, writing about this, uh, various signings. One of the worst rated signings that the Rams had was the, the contract we gave, uh, Greg Zerline. And I'm still trying to figure out why that was so, terrible of a contract it's not i mean i thought it was a fair contract uh for both sides and on top of that one of the things that i've seen written about him is that he's inconsistent i don't think they realize just how often the rams were relying on this guy to make 50 60 yard field goals it it was pretty consistent where they would have to ask him to do that much it wasn't like he was doing chip shots or anything like that this dude really had to you know, they called him Greg the Lake for a reason. And that's why I'm a little confused on that. I personally like the signing, and I, I think that, I mean, who's going to replace him? I don't know if you find anyone nearly as good at this point. And, you know, I thought I thought he did fairly well uh, last year, and even the year before that I think it was overly hyped on how poorly he did, and I, I have no I, no idea why. Yeah, I I think they just put way too much pressure on him when he first came in the league. You know, oh, yeah, he can kick it from 60 yards pretty consistently all the time. Okay, so let's just do it every time. And, you know, when you get a guy out there, a kicker uh, is just like uh, bringing a guy up, uh, bases loaded, bottom of the ninth in the seventh game of the World Series, and you're down by three, and you expect the guy to get up there and hit a home run every time. You know, I just don't. I don't think they did him justice. I think they worked, they, they really screwed with his confidence and you did see a decline in him for a little while, but then last year he came back and I, I thought he did real well and I, I don't see it as a bad signing at all. I'm, I'm really glad they brought him back. The Rams also made an offer sheet, a two year offer to Ryan Groy, the Buffalo Bills center. Unfortunately, the, uh, the Bills matched that offer, so, uh, we're not going to be getting him. What do you think the Rams are going to do at center this year? Are they going to promote within, um, or are they going to look at the draft for this spot? Or or are there any centers out there in free agency that you think are still worth looking at? That's kind of the interesting thing. I, I was really hoping that the Bills didn't match that offer sheet because I really think he would have been a nice fit. But as far as promoting within, I would really strongly urge you know, less need not to do that because the only one that has experience at center would be Demetrius Rainey 
that's currently on our roster, and I'm not completely sold on Rainey at all. Maybe as a backup, it doesn't hurt to have him as a backup. As far as free agency, I was taking a look around, and I'm not really that impressed either. But at this point, it it looks like the draft may have to be uh, the answer, unfortunately. You know, going into this offseason, the Rams had so many holes, so uh, it's definitely not too surprising that there won't be one that's filled as perfectly as we'd like it to. So looking to the draft, I mean, there, there have been some centers that have come out and just played really well right away. So hopefully the Rams can, you know, scout and find that center maybe in one of the day two draft picks. Yeah, the Cowboys did that. You know, they drafted a guy, gosh, I don't remember what he was, third or fourth round. I don't think he was in the top two rounds. And he comes in and starts first year, and I think he made the Pro Bowl his first or second year, and he's been great for him. You know, looking at free agents available, you got Nick Mangold, who's 33. He might be a guy to bring in for a year and, you know, maybe – draft somebody as well and, and have somebody there to teach him. You know, Tim Barnes is still available out there, but, you know, he was never the answer for the Rams, and, and I'm, I was kind of glad to see them let him go. Other than that, there's really not a lot of centers on the free agent market that, that look to be worth much of anything. So, you know, not getting Groy, I think, was a big miss. I, I didn't think we'd get him anyways, but, but it was worth a try, and I'm glad they did try. Uh, but other than... Nick Mangold, I don't really see the Rams having much of an option in free agency. So, you know, there are some guys on our offensive line that I think could be promoted to center, but it's hard to say at this point. You know, I don't think Rainey's the answer. Uh, I'd love for that to be the answer, but I, I just don't see it. So if we were to promote from the offensive line that we currently have, and if Demetrius Rainey's not the answer, who do you think maybe could move into that position from our current lineman? Ooh, that would be really tough. I mean, I, I guess we, we could try Jamon Brown, I'm thinking. I don't know how effective he would be at center, to be honest. But if we do end up moving uh, Greg Robinson over to the right uh, right guard, I think, why not, you know? Give him a try, and if, if that's what we absolutely have to do. Nick Mangold, I, I would... Uh, I kind of like the idea just because he is a veteran, but at the same time, seeing his decline and also he's, he is kind of up there, I don't know if he'd be the answer necessarily either. Like you said, though, maybe a one-year wouldn't hurt too much. He also has some injury history. So, yeah, uh, maybe maybe Jamon Brown. Uh, what are your thoughts? I could see Jamon Brown maybe moving over, but to be honest with you, the center's, the center's gotta have some smarts, cause he's gonna be making some calls at the line, and I'm not saying Jamon Brown doesn't have smarts. I'm just saying, I don't know if he's the right guy for the job when it comes to that kind of thing. Body size wise, and, and being able to play, sure. I don't know if he's as NFL, uh, advanced intellectually when it comes to making line calls and things like that. I'm actually looking at somebody that I think could move in and probably be a career center, and I think he's got the smarts to do it. Um, he came from a school that uh, that makes a lot of different line calls, and he, you know he's he's got the size. He's six five, three nineteen, so he's he's not real tall, but you know he's he's big enough to play the position. He's strong enough to play the position, and he's young. And that's Cody Whiteman. 
I, I think if the Rams could really work with him and get him going, if you had him at center and you had uh, Saffold and and uh, and Jamon Brown at guard, and then you have uh, Robinson at right tackle and Whitworth at left tackle, that could be a pretty solid line. You know, Saffold, I worry about his injuries, but, you know, if something does happen with Saffold, we do have options on the team to come in that aren't first-year players anymore. So I think Cody Weichman might be the answer, but I, I, I know I have a feeling that they're going to try to fill this position through the draft. And you did hear Sean McVay talk about the fact that they, they are going to, you know, do some double duty with some of the guards and, and try to train some of them to be a backup. And I think Weichman might be the guy to do that with. That, that is an interesting thought. You know, as far as Weichman goes, I wouldn't have any op- uh, oppositions for that, whether it be Weichman, Brown. Uh, either way, it would be good to have someone trained to be a backup, you know, just in case, you know, if, if they do decide to go Mangold or if they do decide to go in the draft where you're still drafting a rookie, you know, you're, you're going to be asking a rookie to basically – Take take command of of the uh, offensive line, so may, maybe it might be better to have that backup role available. So yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind what either Weichman or or Brown, but you know you may have hit the nail on the head. Maybe maybe Weichman is the better option just by his experience. You know, yeah, it's hard to say, but that's definitely my my biggest concern right now with the offense is our depth at tight end and our, obviously center. And our depth at wide receiver. You know, we do have, we don't have a lot of size anymore. After Brian Quick, you know, going to the Redskins, you just, you just got to look at it and go, okay, we have Farrell Cooper, Tavon Austin. Both aren't big guys. Both are fast, speedy guys, but there's no size there. We bring in Robert Woods, who's six foot. So he's not huge, but you know, he's, he is bigger than those two. You've got, uh, Nelson Spruce, who's not a big guy, but a possession guy. So, think the Rams are going to have to look at drafting a center and a wide receiver and the wide receiver they get is going to have to have some size and the potential to be a number one what do you see as our our biggest glares on the team I mean I spoke about the offense on defense obviously I think cornerback safety and linebacker uh, are, are our biggest needs there so what's your thoughts I think the the biggest glaring need has to be uh center and wide receiver like you mentioned it's hard to say which one you need more of just because uh technically on, on setter, like I said, we only have Demetrius Rainey as the only true center on the roster right now. So I guess center would technically win that. But at the same time, you have Jared Goff who finally has a developing offensive line, I guess you could say. But now he has no one to pass the ball. You know, Kenny Britt's being gone, he was there most productive offensive player last year. And on top of that, you know, Brian Quick, well, he kind of disappeared for pretty much most of the second half, but at least, you know, he was a bigger target. Robert Woods will definitely help, but as far as anything else, you have Tavon Austin, who again, you know, is just kind of that smaller speedster. Um, definitely not one guy that you want to be your number one receiver. And the rest are pretty much the same. You know, smaller or possession receivers that just aren't what you're, what exactly you're looking for. So 
now you need to go into the draft with the idea of drafting your number one, or at least to compete for the number one spot. And, you know, at being a second round pick, who knows, maybe, uh, with a general manager like Les Need, he even trades into, uh, late in the first round to try and, and secure, you know, a, a pretty decent wide receiver, um, in the, in the later first round. Either way, it needs to happen one way or the other, just because free agency brought in Woods, but still need more help. Uh, as far as defensively, I'm very concerned at cornerback still. We did bring in Webster, which is great. I think that's awesome, but still one more, especially if you consider Tremaine Johnson may or may not be on this team. Hopefully, when it's all said and done, um, Johnson will be traded you know, to bring in, who knows, may, uh, maybe bring in, uh, more draft picks to, to bring in more, uh, prospects. Either way, there needs to be a plan B available. And I think securing a cornerback spot is maybe necessary also. Maybe in a, a early day three. As far as safety, I, I am a little concerned there too, just because TJ McDonald was so productive. Maurice Alexander, I feel like, was good at times, but I don't know if I'd be comfortable with him being the starter. But then again, we have a really good defensive coordinator now, so I don't know. Maybe that that might help. As far as linebacker goes, I feel a little bit better bringing in uh, Connor Barwin, but we could certainly use the depth as well. So my thoughts are my top five going into this. Uh, number one would have to be um, center, two wide receiver, three cornerback, and then I guess my fourth would be uh, uh, safety. Well, I'm kind of questioning what's going to happen with Mark Barron this year. Going to a 3-4, I don't, I don't know that he's des- you know, destined to be an inside linebacker, and he doesn't have the size, except in certain packages, to be an outside linebacker. So I'm wondering if they're going to take Mark Barron and move him back to T.J. McDonald's spot as safety, and that wouldn't surprise me at all. I think LaMarcus Joyner could also move back to safety or be, you know, a hybrid safety corner. And, and you know, they're maturing, although after watching uh, Hard Knocks last year, I, I sometimes question that too. But um, And you got Cody Davis, who's been getting better and better each year. And he's now a five-year, you know, got five years under his belt. So if they move, uh, if they move Barron back to safety – then my concerns at safety are a little bit less. Um, I still think they need to pick up a, uh, another linebacker for the inside. But Forrest, before he got Josh Forrest, before he got hurt last year, started to show some some prowess as well. So I'm not as concerned about the defense as I am the offense. Um, I'd like to see him bring in another corner. I would have liked to have seen him get a deal done with Tremaine last year after franchise tagging him. I think this year. The only reason they franchise tagged him was so that they could get something for him if he was traded, because they weren't going to let him go, you know, in free agency and not get anything for him. And putting the, I think it's a $17 million tag on him, and he didn't have the best of years last year. It makes him pretty spendy. So I, I don't know if that trade's going to go through or not, but I wouldn't mind seeing him go, and I wouldn't mind seeing him stay. I just don't like that that tag on him. I'm not so sure that wide receiver is as huge a deal just because of the fact that if you look at McVay's offense in the past, his speedy receivers, his Robert Woods type receiver, 
and his tight ends probably caught more than his bigger receivers. So I think they could fill that need in the draft. I don't know that they need to uh, to be too crazy about it. I, I definitely think they need some help at tight end. I, I don't, you know, they let Lance Kendricks go. And, you know, Kendricks was a, a decent player for us. He did, you know, he did his job. He wasn't the best blocker, but he did all right. Uh, he caught more balls than, than, you know, a lot of the tight ends out there. He got open sometimes when we really needed him in games. But I didn't mind seeing him go so much um, and bring in some fresh blood. You know, obviously I'm looking, I'm looking for Tyler Higby to have a big year. I think they need to bring in another tight end uh, through the draft. So, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, well, if they don't get any more picks with Tremaine Johnson and they don't trade him and they end up sticking with him and sticking with that tag, and they're still sitting in the second round uh, with the picks that they have available. I don't know that they target any specific player at the second round as much as I think they take the best player available for a position of need that warrants a pick of that height. So, you know, are they, there's a couple of tight ends I could think of that they could take in the second round. Uh, there's a couple of wide receivers I could see them taking in the second round. There's a couple corners that may fall out of the first round that could be really good pickups in the second round. So, you know, normally I do a mock draft and, you know, I've, I've managed to pick, pick a few players each year I've done it, um, that the Rams have actually brought in. I did pick Tavon and, and a few others, but this year I think it'd be the toughest year to do a mock draft for the Rams because I really think that if they're stuck with the positions that they have in the draft right now, they have to go with the best player available for a position of need. And that could be, I don't think you take, I don't think there's a center out there that's worth a second round right now that I've, that I've seen so far. I think you can pick up, you know, one of the best centers in the draft, probably in the third or fourth round. So I'm really thinking it's going to be wide receiver, corner, or tight end. All right. Well, uh, we'll wrap it up for now and, uh, we'll, we'll come back with a, uh, another podcast as soon as, uh, we see any more signings or as we get closer to the draft. Uh, we can talk more about positions of needs and who we actually think they could choose to uh, to fill those spots. So thank you for supporting Rams Talk Radio. Have a great day. type of drama. Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rivals. The battle of the lake is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Curry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA. Only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, 
a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.